thank you guys all so much for being here. Um, it is great. I love this time of year. I love Christmas time. I love the music. I love the lights. I love the decorations. And as I've gotten older, it's not even about the presents anymore. It's just about spending time with friends and family and all of those fun things that go along with Christmas, the eating and the songs and everything else. And it's also just the coming together. As I look out, I see Nicole is back. I see Ellie is back. It is just great to see everybody kind of coming home for Christmas. And it's just great to have our church family here together. So thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, guys, if you're not able to be here while you're traveling this year, you can watch the services live on Facebook as well. And that gives you the opportunity to literally be here with us wherever you may be traveling this Christmas. I know uh, my wife's at home with the two sick babies today, so I know she's watching on Facebook today. And it's just another great means for us to stay connected even while we're traveling and while we're out and about. So the reason that I wanted to play that song for you guys is I love it when the Christmas songs actually have meaning to them. And this one has such a great story and such great meaning. And I hope that Either you know this song, or maybe if you heard this song for the first time today, that you really took some time to listen to the words of the song, because it is so, so powerful. And it's talking about the things that Mary couldn't possibly have known at the time that she gave birth. So what we're going to look at today is going to be a little bit different. It's, we're not going to look at the, all those things that were mentioned in the song. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the story of the angel coming to visit Mary and talk about some things that she did know as she went into this process. So I hope that it'll be a little bit different take on this than maybe what you've heard before. And what I'm trying to do today is kind of lead us into next week, which will be our Christmas service with the kiddos involved. And Ed will bring the actual Christmas story. So hopefully I'm not gonna step on Ed's toes today and talk about anything he was planning to talk about. And uh, Gary, I wanna thank, or, uh, yeah, I, I wanna thank you so much for your prayer. You said about half the things I was planning to say today in your prayer. So maybe I don't even need to give the sermon. We'll just, we'll just leave it with his prayer, but you did a fantastic job. So let's jump into our story today. As I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Mary knew some things, right? Because she had this very, very powerful meeting with a, with, a, with a messenger, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And there were a whole lot of other things that Mary didn't know, and a lot of those things were highlighted in that song that we just heard. So again, let's just jump into our story, let's go to scripture, and let's see how this story starts. So if you want to follow along with me, I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Again, that's going to be in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to pick up this story in verse 26. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I actually heard a tidbit the other day that Luke is the least read book of the four Gospels. So we're going to talk about Luke today. We're going to show Luke some love. So Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 26, reads, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. So this kind of gets our story started and kind of tells us where we're at and kind of tells us the key players. Now, just to provide some background here, it's really important that in this very first verse, we already see that Joseph was a descendant of David. Now, that is so important because a thousand years before this, 
right? David was promised that one day the Messiah would come from his lineage. So again, we see things that are talked about in the Old Testament being fulfilled in the New Testament. And that is so important because we know that there were almost 400 prophecies about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament and they come true in the New Testament. So it's important that as we think about this Christmas story, and I know this is not a new story, this is probably not a new story for anybody in this room, but we really have to learn to look deeper into these stories and not just know that, yeah, Mary gave birth to Jesus. Okay, that's great. But we got to know the story behind the story. We have to know how this all ties in to the bigger story of the Bible. And that's one key way that it does is the fact that David, his lineage is being carried out through Joseph. So let's move on. Verse 28 says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Picking up in verse 29, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. So let's think about that just for a minute. Messenger comes to Mary. Now, if you've ever taken some time to study the way that messengers appear to folks in the Bible, it probably isn't what you think of or what you may have been taught in Sunday school. They didn't come down in a ray of light wearing all white robes with big fluffy wings and a halo. If you look back at the way the messengers appeared to folks in the Bible, it was probably quite a terrifying thing because oftentimes they kind of appeared out of nowhere. So you're out here in the courtyard enjoying your coffee before service and all of a sudden, boom, there's a messenger from God standing right in front of you. I don't know about you, but I'd be freaking out. So I can only assume, and it tells us, now it says that, it says that Mary was troubled, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say she was more than troubled. She was probably scared half to death. And if you look at some of the other stories in the Bible about messengers coming down, the common theme is that they were afraid. Because this probably, again, wasn't the angel floating down before them and the harp and the ray of light and all of that. And I don't know about you, but God sending someone to talk to me face to face would be a pretty troubling thing to use the scripture. This is the second time we read that Mary had found favor with God. So a lot of times we ask ourselves, why Mary? Mary was a young woman, which wasn't all that uncommon back in these days. But Mary was a young woman. Why didn't God just take somebody who was already married? There's a lot of reasons for that. We could get into that and have a whole other sermon on that, but we won't do that today. But the point is, he used Mary because Mary had found favor with God. So if we want God to use us, we need to find favor with God, just like how Mary had. We don't get to live our own lives Monday through Saturday and expect God to use us in a powerful way on Sunday. That's not how he works. So what the angel is doing here is he's assuring Mary, hey, don't be afraid. This isn't a bad conversation. Now, if Mary had any idea what was coming next, it might have been a whole other thing. But the angel says, hey, don't be afraid. You're in good standing with God. This isn't a bad meeting. This is a good meeting. But let's just take a second to think of what has to be going through Mary's mind at this point. 
that God has sent a messenger directly to her. She had to have a whirlwind of emotions. Fear, joy, scared. Lots of different things are going through her mind at this point as to what in the world is going on that God sent a messenger directly to me. So let's continue on our story in verse 31. And it says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa. Right? Here Mary just got a visit from a, from a messenger or from an angel, if you want to call it that. And this is the bombshell that gets dropped on her. Now, at first, she's probably like, okay, I mean, I am engaged, so I'm probably going to have a child at some point, and there's a 50-50 chance that might be a male. So what, what the angel's saying isn't all that crazy at this point, because she thinks the angel is just saying, hey, at some point, you're going to have a baby. And to be honest with you, we, re- we, we revere the name of Jesus as we should, but Jesus was actually a fairly common name back in this time. So up to this point, she's saying, okay, I mean, I'm engaged, so yeah, I'm probably going to have a baby at some point, and yeah, it could be a male, and okay, I'm in the name of Jesus. So at this point, maybe it's nothing all that crazy, but look what he says next when he says, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now that's probably the point where Mary starts going, wait a minute, not only am I having a boy and I'm naming him Jesus, but this is going to be the king? Whoa, you want to talk about over overwhelming, the angel just told her that she's going to have a child and she's going to give birth to the Messiah. Mary had to be a little overwhelmed at this point, but let's see what happens next. The key question is how. So Mary says, wait a minute, how is this going to be since I'm still a virgin? So Mary had never been with a man. Mary was engaged to Joseph. And all of the sudden, this angel comes along, and he's talking like now. He's talking present times. You will give birth. He doesn't say nine months from now. He doesn't say 12 months from now. He doesn't say two years from now you're going to conceive a child. The angel is talking in now. So, of course, Mary's asking the question, wait a minute, how's that going to happen? I'm not even married yet. I've never been with a man. How could I be giving birth? So she asked the question that I'm sure all of us would have asked. So let's skip ahead to verse 35. And it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Now, this is a part that we often kind of skim past, right? When we're reading this story, because we're trying to get to the good stuff, right? And we kind of skim over this part. But this is such a crucial part of the story, because... Again, what did Mary know? She knew she was going to have a baby, and now she knows how, that it's going to be from the Holy Spirit. So again, 
what do you think Mary's going through at this point? Wait a minute. You're telling me the Holy Spirit is going to put a baby in me, basically, is where she's going with that. And she's like, whoa. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. You're single. You're engaged, but you've never consummated. And now you're told you're going to have a baby and you're going to be having this baby in nine months, which means the baby was conceived before you were married. How do you think Mary was feeling at that point? Probably pretty freaked out, probably pretty overwhelmed. But now she knows the how and she knows what's going to happen. But can you imagine what was going through her mind at this point? Not to mention she's got to tell her fiancé that she's having a baby that isn't his, but it isn't anybody else's either. That's probably not a conversation she's looking forward to having. Nor would anybody else be, because think about it. If somebody came to you and said, you're going to have the Son of God from the Holy Spirit. It's a crazy story, guys, right? This has got to be crazy to Mary. She's got to be like, wait a minute, what in the world is going on here? But she doesn't. And why doesn't she? We're going to find out. Mary's response in verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Now, we just saw in the last verse, what did God do? God talked about Elizabeth, right? Why did he do that? Because, again, we tend to skip over that part. But why did God tell her that Elizabeth, who was barren, was in her six months of pregnancy? Because God was showing her, if I can do that, then I can also do this. Because God is faithful and God can do all things things. And he's proving that to Mary by allowing Elizabeth to become pregnant and to see, look, I can do this so I can also do what I'm telling you. God was reassuring Mary that this is something that can and will happen. And I love Mary's response. I am your servant. She didn't say, God, why me? She didn't say, I don't want this. I don't want the headaches. I don't want the people looking at me sideways because I had a baby before I was married. I don't want the scorn that I'm going to receive. I don't want to go tell my fiance that I'm pregnant with God's baby. She said, I am your servant. See, sometimes God calls us to do things that we don't want to do or that aren't easy or that aren't comfortable. And that's his way of molding and shaping and helping us to grow. Is he puts us in positions that are not comfortable, that are not easy. Look at the apostles and the lives of the apostles. Were they in easy situations? No. They were in prison. They were scorned. They were beaten. They were tortured. Look at Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for us. You think that was easy? Do you think that was comfortable? No. But God doesn't always give us things to do that are easy and that are comfortable. I've told some of you the story about the first time that I ever got up here and preached in front of this church. And this was five years ago, six years ago. 
And Jason Darden, who was the, the pulpit minister at the time, came to me on a Sunday morning and he said, hey, I'm going to be out of town in a couple weeks. You want to fill in? And I went, sure, no problem. And then I went home and I went, what did I just do? <laughs> so after about two weeks of not sleeping, I came in Sunday morning prepared for what I thought was going to be a great lesson. And I sat right over here in the third or fourth pew or wherever I was sitting. And I literally got up and I walked out the back door of the church. And I said, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm too nervous. I can't eat. I can't sleep. What would happen if I just walk out the back door and nobody comes up to preach? But God doesn't always call us to do things that are easy and that are fun. He calls us to do things that are hard. And he does that because he wants you to grow. Do you ever find yourself in that position where you're like, I should really share my testimony with this person, but I'm afraid of what they may say. So you don't. I really know I should help that person, and I have the means to help that person, but I don't want to because that person's not like me, and they don't look like me, and they don't think like me, and they don't talk like me, so I'm not going to do it because it's too hard. God doesn't call us to do easy things, and Mary is a perfect example. Mary was called to do something very, very difficult. Raising a child in and of itself is difficult, right? Parents, can I get amen? Right? It's not easy. Now you're going to pile all these other things that Mary had to deal with on top of just raising a child. And I'm sure Ed will talk a little more next week about the birth of Jesus and all the things that are entailed with that. But Mary knew some things because God spoke to her and told her. So what do you know? And yes, that's kind of a rhetorical question. Mary knew some things because God spoke to her. Well, guess what? You all have a Bible in the rack in front of you. God still speaks to you and still tells you things. And if you have a relationship with him, he talks to you every day. And hopefully you talk to him every day. But what do we know? Mary knew some things. Okay, that's great. Thankfully, we're not ever going to be put in the situation that Mary was put in. But what do we know? Well, we know that this really happened. We know that God sent his only son down to earth to live as a man, to be crucified on a cross, so that we could have everlasting life. It wasn't because we deserved it, I'll promise you that, because we don't. But he loved us so very, very much that he was willing to do that for us. Just like how Mary gave up her life as she knew it, to be used by God, Jesus gave his life to be used by God for us. You know, this time of year, we talk a lot about gifts. We talk about giving gifts and receiving gifts, and I got to get the perfect gift, right? I just got to get that phone, or I just got to get those AirPods, or I just got to get that new computer, God already gave us the only gift that we need. Because without that gift, it wouldn't even matter. If Jesus hadn't come down to the earth 
and lived and suffered and died and bled for us, the rest of it doesn't even matter. So think about that this holiday season. And I'm not saying don't give each other gifts and show each other that you love each other. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, if you don't get that phone or you don't get that computer or you don't get the new car, this is Orange County after all, sometimes people get new cars, it doesn't matter because God already gave you the best Christmas gift you could ever have. And yes, we don't celebrate the birth of Jesus, but he had to be born to put the plan into place to go to the cross and to die for us. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. We thank you for this beautiful place we have to meet. And we thank you so much that you used Mary in this powerful way to put your plan into place so that Jesus could be born, so that he could live as a man, so that he could die for our sins, and so that he could just love us and be in relationship with us. So Heavenly Father, as we get ready to continue with this Christmas season, as we get ready to celebrate, as the whole world focuses on Jesus, help us to not be afraid to share that with others, to share the real reason of Christmas with others, to share the amazing gift that we've been given with everyone that we encounter. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for all that you bless us with. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So this morning, maybe you've never had an opportunity to be baptized for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the opportunity to make that right today before you walk out that door. Or maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but maybe you've forgotten about the sacrifice that has been made for you and you want to make that right and to come forward and to ask for prayers or to ask for help from this church. If we can help you in any way, we want to encourage you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. Let's go.